this is you know with um the issue of online shopping coming in mm. there's a challenge there to sort out how are we going to make payments there's a lot of challenges how are you going to be able to buy electricity when the zesco uh, shop is closed mm-hmm. so fintech creates solutions because it's uh, in the onset it's finance and technology coming together so when finance meets technology we have what is now known as fintech yeah. Now I know that a combination of, of, of two things always has some some challenges that are there. What what are some of the challenges that fintechs, especially in Zambia, uh, you you see it and, and think what challenges are fintechs in Zambia facing? Okay, so fintechs in Zambia are facing a number of challenges. Mm-hmm. First of all, the key issue that we have noticed is there was a delay in adoption. Okay. So people jumping onto fintech um, advancements, it takes some time for people to trust you because it's a largely a trust issue mm-hmm. for example mobile money can be traced to uh, to be in existence as far back as around 2013 that time mm-hmm. but you will notice that people only jumped on around 2016 mm-hmm. that's when people caught on to it and it began to explode mm-hmm. and so you notice that that is the main issue the issue of trust because people feel why should i why should i deposit the money when i can have it in cash mm-hmm. and then they realize that it's 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 okay to have it in cash up until they can't pay for something because it's late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, ah, I only have cash. Mm-hmm. I wish I had mobile money. Mm-hmm. Or the common example that a lot of people have faced, and I used to face once upon a time, is the issue of you now having Siliza in your you have credit on your phone and mm-hmm. you can't buy bundles because if you just top up your phone, they will grab that money. Yeah. What exactly. do you do? Mm-hmm. You use mobile money. Mm-hmm. So up until then, there was as sort of mistrust mm. and so there's a lot of challenges when we, with regards to um, mobile money when we began to um, accept uh, fintech advancements in zambia and mobile money and electronic payments were being accepted mm. there was an issue which rose up mm. which is reversal mm-hmm. so someone will send you money for a taxi and then once you get off that taxi you do a reversal mm. in that moment the taxi driver would have lost out mm-hmm. yeah so now, do you, do you think, as, as we have, do you think that we have advanced, or maybe do you think that we have built, as a people, we have built trust around fintechs, or we're still, there's, there's still a struggle that is uh, that is going on in, in that industry? The rate of adoption is high now. Okay. People are jumping onto these things, because mm. they've seen that no one, there's a few people who are complaining about this and that, most of the people are not complaining, mm. that is causing people to be comfortable to jump on these things. Okay. And also the fear of missing out is a very big deal because you also want to know what it feels to okay. say, hmm, let me send via mobile money, yeah. Okay, now I, I know that uh, I've noticed that one challenge that has not been mentioned is that we, we've talked about uh, you know, uh, mobile money and mobile transactions. We, yeah. we know that there are some parts of the country that do not have a uh, network. You have to go to a specific uh, kind of area. You have to go to a specific area. Um, uh, there's a place my grandmother calls you have to go to. I, I don't know if that's true, but she always exaggerates saying that you have to go to a mountain for me to be able to get a uh, 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 network uh, in, in that area. Uh, do you do you st- do you think that there's, there's a way that that is going to, is that a problem that will be that that will be sorted out? Would, would, would fintechs also be able to penetrate that, that kind of uh, uh, problem to, to solve it? Okay, so um, that's a really good question. I've experienced that problem firsthand. Mm-hmm. Um, I traveled some time in the recent past to a rural area, and the only place I could get internet was if I stand under a particular tree. Mm-hmm. If I'm on this particular tree, under this particular tree, I will be able to get a reception. If I move just one footstep away, there will be no yes, reception. Yeah. 
Yes. And so your question is, can fintech solve that problem? No. <laughs> that is a problem that can and should be solved by the ISP, the Internet Service Providers and the Network Providers, mm-hmm. which, which, which I would delve more into, or maybe you, you want me to get on it right now? No, you can, you can get into uh, right now if you, if okay, you want okay. to. Okay, okay. So, so looking at Internet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Internet Service Providers and the Network Service Providers, they are responsible for coverage in these particular areas. Mm. And so in a situation now, like the deal that is on the table between Starlink and the Republic of Zambia, obviously they're still working out the specifics of how that's going to work. Yeah. But if we're going to look at how it has worked in other countries, like in Nigeria, for example, yeah. where the internet costs about 99 um, USD per month, that sounds like a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But if you realize that a lot of non-governmental organizations are actually going to pay for this internet to be provided in these rural areas yeah. because it's one of the SDGs, it's mm-hmm. one of the UN's development goals for connectivity to be able to happen across the board. Mm-hmm. And so what's going to happen is that we're going to have now people in rural areas able to access internet at almost no cost for them. Mm-hmm. And then with that, they're able to send money and receive money. Mm-hmm. They're able to research on on, 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 their, on, their, on their things, because these are mostly like farmers, etc., etc. They're able to carry out research. They're also able to sell stuff online because they can upload their products and put them on an e-commerce platform and experience the advantage of fintech because now I can be able to order a bag of groundnuts from Samfia or something because I'm just here in Lusaka, but yeah. I, can, I can empower them, which brings them onto the formal financial market, which is the whole idea behind fintech around financial inclusion Mm -hmm. and it grows beyond the board beyond just agriculture there's education government now is able to 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 work on technologies to be able to teach people in rural areas without having to send teachers that side Mm. so it's across the board yeah okay now you you have pointed out about the advantages of of uh, you you talked about what is going to happen uh with the deal that is is still being worked on is when it comes to to starlink Uh, i know that uh there are some people that actually don't uh understand uh, what this is about and what this means. What does this mean to the ICT community? What, what, what does this deal mean to the ICT community in Zambia? All right, so Starlink is satellite internet. Mm. So what it means to us as an as IT community in Zambia is, number one, we have a new ISP on board, which is stable, which has very fast internet, because if you look at the numbers, um, Starlink has an upload speed of about 13, almost 14 Mbps, which is 14 megabytes per second. Mm. Um, more accurately, that's about 13.89. And then the download speed is around 97 megabytes per second. Mm. That's crazy. Mm. That's very fast internet. That means faster communications. That means people are going to be able to do business faster. Mm. So for the IT community, all our technologies are going to be able to work faster because we have Starlink. And also, Starlink is going to provide competition to the existing ISPs, which is going to spill over onto more affordable services, cheaper prices, better competition. They will give them basically a run for their money. Yeah. Okay, and that's what we want. We're always here for the competition that uh, that is there. And what uh, uh, moving away from this, going back to the to fintechs, what opportunities are fintechs providing, especially when it comes to uh, you know employment? Uh, we've talked about making it easy for somebody to access uh, to, to 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 make payments. This is this is something that I've personally started enjoying, especially in uh, the the COVID era that we're in. That was my that was my go-to. I never used to have hard cash. The only thing I'll do 
is that when I go somewhere, I'm going to tell them, uh-uh, I'm not dealing with money. The only thing I do have right now is for me to pay you using my uh, my wallet, and then you get to give me my change using my wallet as well. Uh, what op- what other opportunities are fintechs providing? All right. So um, largely in Zambia, fintechs have been focusing on one element, which is payments. Mm-hmm. But you see, fintechs can do more than just provide payments. Okay. Fintechs can help provide better insurance services. Mm-hmm. They can help you provide um, better services across the board. So from insurance to things like being able to do your road tax, etc., etc. You don't have to physically go and queue up and pay for these mm-hmm. things. And also, it helps you to save your money. You don't have to go to a bank and wait and whatnot. Because of fintech, you just walk into a booth. So they create jobs by these booths that we're seeing. Of mm-hmm. course, there's some controversy around the booths and somewhere had to be uh, taken off because of several reasons. Mm. But you see that they create a lot of jobs for a lot of young people, some even old people. Mm. So there's a financial opportunity which is there in fintechs. And we get to understand that beyond just these jobs in the booths and whatnot, fintechs create opportunities because there's a lot of engineers in Zambia Mm. who are trained in computer engineering who can code, but they do not have where they work. Mm. And so fintechs, provide opportunities for things like neobanks. Mm. What is a neobank, you may ask? A neobank is a bank that does not have any physical location. Okay. It's the future of banking. Oh, that's, that's there's a really bank, interesting. Yeah. yeah, there's a bank in, in Europe called N26. Mm. N26 has no location, okay. but it's one of the biggest banks. Mm. Again, it's a trust issue mm. because I need you to trust me that even if you don't know where my branch is, you're still going to put your money in my bank, trusting that I will not run away two weeks from now. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they prev- there's opportunities in that space. There's opportunities in the engineering space. They can come on board and begin to work to create these technologies. Yeah. There's opportunities also for finance people because you remember it's financial technology. Yes. And so we need experts in finance to come and give their problems. What pain points do they have in the world of finance? What problems are there? There was a problem recently. The issue of reversals I spoke about earlier. Yes. I pay you, you do a reversal. And, and I've gone and I've done the reversal. Mm. You lose out. Yes. What is the solution? We now see the MNOs, which are the mobile network um, operators or the mobile money operators, um, create what is known as pay. MTN road outfits with Momo Pay, which allows for you to pay for something, as opposed to you go to a shop and you ask them, Monayate, man, okay, send money. Mm. No, no, no. With Momo Pay, you pay and it goes directly into their wallet. Airtel also rolled out Airtel Pay, which allows for you to just make payments, no need for them to ask you for a withdrawal charge, which is another problem that people face. It's inconveniencing for me to be asked for a withdrawal charge every time I'm paying for something. Mm. Why should I spend more money to get something when the whole idea with using Airtel money or MTA mobile money is that it should be more convenient for me? It becomes a headache and I want to avoid that. So I end up using cash in the end. So that was a problem. And then it created an opportunity because we have more engineers now working on these problems. Mm. So there's jobs across the board from finance, from different sectors. So what is going to happen is this. This guy with an idea of a technology meets the finance guy. They come together. They create a financial technological solution. Mm. They build what is known as a company. That company is going to hire people across the board, support staff, cleaning staff. They're going to hire business development officers. At the end of the day, we will have different sectors benefiting from this. Mm. 
from from one particular exactly. thing that two people decide, two people from different uh areas different uh aspects of life come together different industries they come together and uh join uh, together now one thing I was, as i was going through my research when it comes to fintech uh there was a 20 was it a 20 i think it was a 2012 either 2012 or 2019 somewhere there where someone stated that uh well fintech technology is coming to take over the 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 uh, I want to use the correct word here. The banks is going to is mm. going to take away the use of um, banks. banks. <laughs> is this something that still stands, or banks are now also using this to their advantage? Is this something is when you when I looked at that study, I'm like, mm, okay, that doesn't make sense. Now, what would what argument would you have if you if, with that person that wrote that particular statement stating that uh, fintechs are going to take over every responsibility that uh, banks has uh, uh, every offer that banks offers to people? Mm. Okay, so um, first of all, I will say this. Mm. Um, there's a rule in IT, mm. and really it's a rule of life, basically. Mm. It says that if you do not adapt, you will die. Mm -hmm. And there's many case studies. The case of Blockbuster versus Netflix. Okay. Blockbuster were the biggest place where you would be able to rent uh, movies. Mm -hmm. And when Netflix started out, they offered Blockbuster an opportunity for them to, to acquire Netflix, and mm. Blockbuster refused. Within a couple of years, Netflix grew into a giant, mm -hmm. and as a result, Blockbuster went bust. Okay, you know, and this is where bankrupt. you find you want to have a conversation with the Gen Z. They're going to ask, what is Blockbuster? Exactly. <laughs> they do not know. The, yeah. the other case study is the story of Nokia. Mm -hmm. You and me will remember Nokia was the most used phone. Yeah. But today, people hardly know what Nokia is. It's a case of them failing to adapt to the times. Every business that fails to adapt, it dies. And so banks were facing a sudden death. I don't know if they are not facing it anymore, but it seems that way. Mm -hmm. You see, you need to understand one thing. Fintech is developing the future of banking. And now we see the rise of neo banks. These are banks which don't have branches. Mm -hmm. They have almost no rates. They have better services. They allow for you to do a lot of things. They are linked to crypto wallets, etc., etc. I don't want to get into describing <laughs> products. <laughs> but yes, so you get, you get the picture though. Mm. So there's a lot of new banks that are being developed. The mm. future of banking is being defined by fintech. Mm. And so while people will still access banking services better than they are currently doing that, if banks do not adapt, they would have died. And as a result, a lot of banks have begun to make strides to ensure that they survive the future mm -hmm. by introducing internet banking and a whole host of services, mm -hmm. e-commerce, etc., etc. Just to make it easier, to make everything easier for uh, for for people to, to to have access to them. And uh, when when you look at when you when you sit down and uh, look at uh, how uh, fintechs are growing in Zambia, do you think that we are on the right track? Are we are we on the fast track, or we're still uh, lagging behind? Okay, so um, fintechs growing in Zambia, mm -hmm. we are we're not growing as fast as other African countries, obviously. Mm -hmm. And I will say this honestly because most of our fintechs are innovating and not inventing. So we're mostly disrupting on existing technologies. We're yet to find um, a fintech locally that has an, inno an innovative idea that is not adopted anywhere else in the world. And so for now, we are basically disrupting what is existing. Mm. And so there's a number of fintechs and we are growing steadily because, again, it's a growing industry. The entire startup community in Zambia is something that is relatively new. Ten years ago, we didn't have 
any startup presence if you look um, at the statistics. But now we have a growing presence. So the number of startups in Zambia is a growing number. Yeah. And it's evidenced, obviously, by a few factors, our population, etc., etc. So it would be really preposterous if we're going to compare our adoption rate to that of a country like Nigeria mm-hmm. or Ghana, who have got like vast populations as compared to us. But we are on the right track. Yes. So uh, population is also uh, a, a factor to, to why we're not growing as fast or it's the, the lack of education around uh, the, the, the fintech industry. Okay, so firstly, population is a factor because if you're going to create techn- a technology, how many people are going to use it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. we have 18 million Zambians. Mm-hmm. There's I don't know how many billion Nigerians. <laughs> There's a lot of them. There's so, a lot of them. So yeah. when, you, when you create a technology that side... Mm and bring it onto the market. They've got a lot of young people, mm-hmm. more than we have here. Yeah. So you see that um, it's easier for them to jump on it. And even if 10% of their population jumps on it, mm-hmm. it's more than a 20% or 30%. So yes. it's a partial situation where population is a factor. Mm-hmm. The other thing is a knowledge gap, mm-hmm. which is why I alluded to the fact that we have a growing number of engineers. Mm-hmm. And then also generally the new generation is excited by technological things. They have to be able to scan to pay. Because mm-hmm. one thing that has, hasn't caught up really in Zambia is the issue of scanning to pay. Mm-hmm. In India, everybody uses QR codes okay. to pay. They don't enter pins. Give me your pin. No, mm-hmm. they just scan. Even in China, it's the same thing. And if you ask any Zambian who's been to China, they'll tell you it's very convenient to use Alipay and WeChat because mm-hmm. they just scan. Mm-hmm. Literally just scan and you make your payment. Mm-hmm. You don't need to enter what's your, what's your agent what's your number, mm-hmm. what, 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 none of that stuff. And you're using things tap. like, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like tap to pay. Mm-hmm. But that techno- there's companies in Zambia that have QR code technology, but they've failed to achieve critical mass. Mm-hmm. Why? Number one, we have a smaller population. Number two, people don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's, there's lack of education and, and also uh, enlightening people on how to go about using that particular uh, technology. Now, if that had to go, okay, we had that education, it came. How, mm-hmm. how, how, how uh, um, what's the word? How life-changing is that going to be for us if we had to embrace something like that, you know, where we, we just go and... Uh, and notice, uh, you find that even when you're getting... Uh, I, was, I was having a, a friend of mine was telling, that, telling me that, you know what, even when you're getting on a bus, you just, I just have to tap a card. I have a bus that... I have a card, a bus pass that I have that I'll have to just tap and everything is, uh, is, is being paid for. How, how, is, uh, how is that, uh, if we had to have that innovation uh, in Zambia, how, how, how great, how, what's the question? How, 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 what, how is that, how that, how is that going to change uh, uh, the way we view things, especially because uh, there's a thing that you talked about when it comes to, to trust. We, it's, it's not easy to trust something that you are, are not seeing, something that is not a physical. So how, how can we change our mindsets to trusting some, especially looking at the fact that we, we were, very, uh, were very into technology. We, we want to say we're very into technology. How do we develop trust in the trends of technology that we want to see happen in our country? Well, so technological advancements, you either be forced mm-hmm. or you jump on it. Okay. An example is e-learning. E-learning in Zambia three years ago was something that was looked down upon. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes to you and they say they went to an online university, you would not even give them a job because you would say, ah, 
Fama online doesn't make sense. Yeah, it looks like you're lazy. Exactly. Universities didn't even have online learning facilities, and then COVID happened, and we were all forced. So we could either wait for the next pandemic to force us all to jump onto the next wave of technology, or we could take a leap of faith and jump on these things. Of course, the job is more onto the corporates than to the people because they need to make us feel safe. We need to trust that when we give our money to this company, it will not disappear. So the work is mostly on the corporate side. Okay. Yeah, because there's a lot of innovative technologies. Mm-hmm. In Germany, for example, we have, there's, a, there's something called a uni, and it's, it's like a it's university ID. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so when, when um, the time I was, I was applying to go that side and whatnot, so we're given um, access to, you, you send them your, your photo and then they create the, the Unicard for you. And this has many perks for you. It's discounted bus rates. What You just literally just tap every time you get on the bus mm-hmm. and there's a whole host of services around that. And that's an innovation of fintech. Mm. But here, that would be a cool thing. And trust me, it would catch on instantly. If we were to go to Unza and give a whole host of services to the people at the university to say, if you use this ID, you can actually do this, that, 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 that. It's a matter of just leap of faith, I guess. Okay, so when you say that, uh, people will look at you and say that now you're going to take away someone else's job. Wait, we're talking about getting on a bus and there's all the about conductor. the conductor. So you're taking away uh, the, 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 the job of a conductor. Do you think that is also something that is also somehow taking us back for us to, to, to advance in, in certain things? Yes, because we are so concerned with we're going to take away Mm -hmm. this job from the people. What we do not realize is that technology doesn't kill people's jobs. It just provides an opportunity for them to get better jobs, to get different types of jobs. Mm -hmm. For example, instead of being worried that, no, the conductor is going to lose his job, he will learn a skill. Let him learn how to maybe do something else. Like, for example, let me give an example of the supermarkets. Mm -hmm. In Europe, the supermarkets literally just... You, it's self-service. self-service. It's self-service. Yeah. You just do it on your own. That costed some people jobs, right? Mm-hmm. But those machines will need to be serviced. People oh, need to... So, yeah, okay. I, I they need to be serviced. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that they're going to do. Mm-hmm. Deliveries need to happen. Mm-hmm. Automation is not yet 100%. Mm-hmm. So instead of you being at the till, you can do a delivery service. Mm-hmm. So the conductor can become a courier. Mm-hmm. He can start ferrying things from one place to another. There's always jobs to do. And so fintech, the thing about fintech or just technologies, really, if we think that, no, because we're going to kill people's jobs, let's just sit down and leave things as we are, we will remain behind, and then something is going to happen down the line, and it will force us Mm -hmm. to go to the next level. Okay. Now, as we come to uh, the end of uh, this particular chat, uh, where where are you seeing, uh, first my question is that where are you seeing the future of fintech in Zambia? Do you think that where we are now is going to be uh, from, from the, from, 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 from the, from, from the, from, from the research that I was doing, from the survey that, I, the, 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 the research that I did and looking at an article that I read, that was the word I was looking for, mm-hmm. article that I read where someone wrote it in 2019, believing that uh, banks are not going to survive by the time that we are going to be in 2020 because of the coming of fintechs. That is something that they believed. 
but this is not something that has happened. This is not something that has come to be because we have seen that banks are not are not going to that are not sitting back. They keep on improving on their services. Now, as we move from the way fintechs are today, when when you look at fintechs today, where do you see them in the future? Let's say five years from now, do you think that we're going to move from where we are now to a better and more advanced place? Okay, so banks are not safe. In as much as they've managed to find a way to survive, quote-unquote, they're not really safe because the future of payments is peer-to-peer. That's how come we've got this thing of blockchain technology. For example, sending money to another country via a bank is very expensive. But if you're going to send it via the blockchain, it's affordable. (laughs) So why should I pay? A friend of mine has a business which sells electronics. And so he was complaining that when he's sending money to the UAE, to his supplier, he would pay a certain amount of money. Extra money. Exactly. Yeah. He'd pay literally over 10,000 just to send money. Mm. So why should he suffer and pay 10,000 quarter extra when he can simply just use Bitcoin? Mm. He can just send money on the blockchain ad and then he'll send 10,000 quarter more. Mm. He will not spend that 10,000 quarter in conversions. Mm. So banks are not safe. Okay. They need to keep, keep on improving, otherwise they are gone. Mm-hmm. The future of fintech, it's amazing. I'm excited. I don't know what's coming next, but I'm expectant that okay. something big is going to come, especially from Zambia. Mm-hmm. But banks are not safe. Just because they've survived 2020 mm-hmm. does not mean they're safe. Okay. Yeah. So it means that they do have a lot of work, a lot of board meetings to sit into and, and, and have these uh, conversations. Yes. And uh, my last question is that uh, uh, why are fintechs companies popular now? Because you find that in, in 2012, we were not having conversations around this. In 20, I, I don't think I had a conversation with anybody in 2019 about this. Uh, why are they popular now? Is it because we experienced the pandemic now, we know, we are aware of uh, the great benefits that we do have when it comes to, you know, not having hard cash and uh, the easy, the easy, uh, uh, finding an easier way of doing transactions? It's because the problem that we faced in the pandemic forced us to catch up with the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And so it accelerated our trust. It, it, it superseded our trust because there was no other option mm-hmm. and accelerated us to find where the rest of the world has been. Okay. And so which provided us with an opportunity to try and catch up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now looking at, uh, we do have a ministry of uh, technology and uh, uh, the, uh, I know that every time I have conversations around with my friends, especially when it comes to this ministry, is that this is this is the time that well, we need to be aware of certain things. Like you just said right now, you stated that we were forced into you know getting into fintechs, having knowledge about this because of, of the pandemic that we had faced. And so we were forced to get away from the things that we were used to. So I'm going to call them the traditional things that we were used to doing and then now getting into a more acceptable way because we do not want to catch COVID. What should the ministry start doing in order for people to be, uh, you know, be aware of certain things that they need to be aware of rather than them forced, being forced into a situation because of something that has happened? Okay, so um, I will give a response that I gave to, um, I had the opportunity to just um, uh, sit down with the minister for a few minutes around these issues. Mm-hmm. And so one of the key things that were highlighted is the need for more dialogue to take place, for more engagement of these technologies. And this was evident, um, the minister 
also alluded to the fact that we now have a sector called B2G, which is business to government, mm -hmm. which provides for government to do businesses with uh, private sector companies, some of which are tech companies. And there's a startup bill which is being passed in, in government to enable startups to survive and to give them loans and whatnot, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of work. There's a lot of engagement which mm -hmm. needs to take place. And the ministry is aware of these works according to the conversations that I have been having with um, the, the minister and other relevant people from that particular ministry. Okay. And so they, there is work being done to ensure that people are educated, people are interested, and people are engaged okay. here. All right. And uh, there's also one question that, uh, well, a friend of mine, after hearing, is saying that we're going to have this conversation, asked uh, if, if there's any, any, any update going around. Uh, there's... Um, we know that you find that there are certain people that have payments like the, the PayPal payments when you, where you get to do, someone who gets to do a job online and they get to pay uh, paid uh, via PayPal and this is this is going to make it easier. They're, they're enjoying doing work from home. This is yeah. also something that we learned during the pandemic, working from home, remote jobs. This is something that came to light. Uh, do, do you, what, where, where is the future there? Where are we? Right now, where are we when, when, when it comes to, uh, uh, you know, being able to access PayPal in Zambia? To access PayPal particularly? Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, or other, other, other payments where you, someone can get to do uh, a certain job online and then they are, they are able to get paid. Instead of me creating an account, okay, someone from another country. Yeah, country's yeah going I, to create, I get your point. Uh, yeah. yeah create okay. an account for me for me to be able to get paid yeah so there's one particular company um obviously names <laughs> i don't know am i allowed to no, mention no, no. <laughs> okay so there's one particular company uh -huh. I, I, uh, there's one particular company which has created um an uh, an e-commerce platform mm -hmm. which are, which has products and services and so people can sign up as companies or as service providers mm -hmm. and so those who sign up as service providers like your friend mm -hmm. has professional skills so maybe they're a painter or they're a plumber they sign up mm -hmm. and then they're able to be reached out to by people who are looking for such people they have them for the job and they pay them for that job within the particular application. Okay. And then they have the opportunity and the luxury to receive the money how they want it, if they want it in mobile money or they want it in their bank account. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you very much for coming through. It's, uh, it was a pleasure talking to you, Mwewa. I wanted to call you your, your English. I'm, I'm very, you know, you're good. Uh, the thing is that uh, you are uh, one person that is very proud of your African names rather than uh, your uh, English given name. It's very unfortunate. I do not have one. I have my last name before. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what my parents were thinking. So they decided to give me uh, both my names, are, uh, well, not African names, both my name, my English names, or somehow. So, we'll yeah. find you an African name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I need one. I really we'll need one. I, I really need one. I was, I was, I was looking, at, uh, uh, looking at my tribe and where I'm coming from. I was like, what name can suit me coming from my particular tribe? But mm. I'm still working on that. But uh, thank you very much, Mwewa, um, for, for coming through. It was uh, a pleasure talking to you. Thank you very much for having me. All right. Thank you for listening. This has been Tech Talk at Money right here on Money FM. And we were talking everything that has to do with fintech, the future of fintech in Zambia as well as uh, Africa and what, what, it has, uh, what it has to do with the future of finance. Stay tuned to Money FM on 93.7.